From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales. I'm your host, Adam Schick. Last week, we heard from the student-athletes themselves on the impact of the coronavirus epidemic from their perspective. But this week, in the final installment of this three-part series, we're speaking to the people who probably have the biggest influence over those athletes, their coaches. With that in mind, we'll catch up with softball coach Tim Walton to get his take on a budding season coming to a sudden halt. And then we'll chat with gymnastics coach Jenny Rowan to find out how she's helped her national title caliber squad navigate the choppy waters of an incomplete journey. Let's begin with Tim Walton, who was guiding a young softball team through a difficult non-conference slate in the early stages of SEC play when the bats were halted. In a wide-ranging discussion last week about critical issues like the mental health of his players and the challenges an extra year of eligibility could create, Coach Walton began by explaining the measures he was taking weeks before the end arrived to deal with the coming storm. Uh, I reached out to the SEC office and, you know, and had, had conversations with them in regards to post-game protocol and just how we wanted to interact with post-game stuff. And so what I, what I really wanted to do was we still wanted to show sportsmanship, but did we have to actually go through the lines and you know, and touch hands and, you know, and, and tell them good game or can we do it in another way? And so we came up with a, you know, a, a small temporary um, you know, resolution of post game. And that was probably the week before. And then we played Penn on Tuesday and we played Florida State on the Wednesday, Thursday morning. I had, um, well, I really had, we had a, on the game day of Florida State, um, Scott Strickland called the head coaches and sport administrator meeting and we had a conversation about it. And Basically that, you know, we were getting ready to be, you know, be, be put on no fans in the stands uh, gameplay. And that's going to start the next day, which would have been Thursday, Friday. And um, we went from that on a Wednesday to pause the season on a Thursday to really suspend slash end the season on a Friday. I mean, a 48 hour period of time was just a, a whirlwind of, uh, of emotions of you know, just different precautions taken necessary for for not just student-athletes, but for all, all Americans. Mm-hmm. So as you got this news kind of in waves, as you just mentioned, each change coming through, how did you communicate all of this with your team? I mean, was it, did you kind of wait for all this to come together and then say, here's what's happening? Or, or were you trying to actively keep them informed of what was going on? We had a meeting on Tuesday as a team. We had a meeting on Wednesday as a team, um, you know, and we, we kind of had, you know, just discussion points. And I was really proud, to be honest with you, when you give you know players information like you're giving them and they can start to draw their own conclusions of where this is going. And um, they really were able to focus and play, you know, without you know, any, inter- any interference into their brains. They just went out and played hard for each other. And um, on Thursday, when we had the uh, sit down meeting over the phone um, with all of our coaches and when the season's now going to be on pause, you know, that was, um, I, I had a team meeting. We, we met in our team uh, media room right before practice time. And I told them that our season's, um, you know, going to be at least 
suspended until March the 30th, um, if not longer. And you could just feel the drain and the emotion in the room. And at that point in time, I told the the, the players on the team, I said, hey, we're, I'm going to give you guys today and, and the rest of the weekend off. I want you guys just go ahead and have a weekend off. And I think you guys, you know, you, you've earned that more than anything, just, just because of where you are emotionally. But for me personally, it was like, what are we practicing for? Mm -hmm. what's, what's the point? What's the purpose? There isn't a point. You're going to go out and practice for what? And um, so I, I was actually emotionally drained just going through the, you know, the, like I said, the whirlwind from that was only a 24 hour period. So we, we met and then obviously the, the, the worst news coming on Friday and you know, that we were able to f gather as many of our players as possible. Um, I told them all along when, when president Fox made the announcement that, you know, he encouraged, didn't require, but he encouraged everybody to, to go home. And um, so I told my players on that meeting on Tuesday that if anybody at any point in time wants to go home, wants to be with their family, wants to, you, there will be no judgment out of this office. You can do whatever you think's the best interest of your family and yourself. And um, I gave them all that opportunity and, uh, you know, and, and really I meant it. It was, it was, it was a sincere you know, offer. When you talked about sort of the, the challenges, not just for them to hear the news, but for you to get it as well, how did you process that and then turn it into something that could be shared with them? Because I know that's, you know, people think about the athletes, but also from the, you know, the coach's perspective, you've also done all this preparation, worked so hard to get to this point to compete. How did you personally sort of process this and make sense of it? You know, Adam, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say this in a in a very professional and you know, paint a great picture of myself and but I can't. I mean, I ultimately can't. I think the at the end of the day, you know, I coach and train and prepare for my athletes. And so when that was all, you know, and I'm not gonna use the word taken away, but when that was gone, I really didn't have any emotion, to be honest with you. And and I know it sounds weird, but I I was more, it was, it was more about them. It wasn't about me. I didn't, I didn't really feel sorry for me or feel sorry for the work I put in. Um, I really felt for them. I felt for them. And so when you feel for somebody and you are in a leadership position, you've got to do everything in your power to hold it together. And, um, you know, I, I really, really, really tried to do everything in my power to paint a picture for them. And I told them, I said, listen, I want you to hear my words and don't think that I'm heartless and don't think that I don't care but I want to give you the facts and give you the information. And I don't want to do this with a, a lot of emotion. And I don't want to do this with the blaming this, blaming that, or, or making this about, you know, how can they do this? I just want you guys to hear the facts. And from there, we'll process this and we'll move forward, um, you know, because this is 100% completely out of our control. And we have a responsibility that we have to do to do our part. And so that was how I painted it. And I think from from the response that I got from, from the uh, from the staff and from the uh, from some some of the players, they appreciated the way I delivered it. You know, it wasn't again, it wasn't about me, and it wasn't about me throwing a tantrum. It was really more about them and how do I keep the people closest to me, you know, with, with their best interest in mind. And that's really what they are. My players are. I recruited them all. I, I love them all. Um, but at the end of the day, this was more than than softball, and so I had to really try to be that you know the rock for them to to be consistent. Well, and I know, you know, during the year and during the season, you have to be the rock for, for a lot of reasons on the field and a lot of things related to practice, related to games. Can you sort of talk about the role that you found yourself in the last few weeks 
where you know your athletes are probably turning to you for things that you wouldn't have expected in the past and needing to be more of a you know of a of an emotional support for just everything that they're going through off the field yeah i i wish i could say that it, that it's you know that it's been that because uh and whether that means i have a, a lot of um older players or you know I think they've been there for each other and a lot of our players have done things in twos. Um, they haven't needed me for a lot. And, and I've always called myself a facilitator and um, I'm not somebody who's going to, you know, really overstep my bounds for the most part. Um, I'm, I don't try to get overly involved in my players' lives unless they either force me to or need me to. Mm-hmm. And so my players haven't really had a lot of need. I've been the encourager on the other line um, I've been communicating. So every Monday and every Wednesday, we have a little check-in, you know, chat room that we all get in and 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 just let everybody know our status. And then, um, with that being said, we got grade reports, and so we send out. I send out. I actually did all the reminders to all of our players. Said, listen, don't allow this to get the best of you academically, because you know, really, that's what this could do. It could play play with you. You're in a totally different learning environment now at home, and for most. Um, I still have some players here still in Gainesville. Um, and so ultimately we go through the process of making sure you still have a responsibility to yourself to, you know, to either one graduate or, you know, or two, um, you know, get the highest you know GPA you possibly can and earn your grades. And so futuristically, we're going to, you know, we're going to really, you know, we, we got a lot of change coming here uh, in the next couple of weeks, but for right now, I've only really been needed when I'm needed as opposed to me trying to, you know, over facilitate it's really hard when you can't touch somebody or you can't be in the same room with somebody or you can't mm-hmm. so that that's been it's it, it's put me into an awkward position where you almost at some point in time you feel um a little helpless um and so that's where i i really lean to them and said listen hey be with the people that you love go go where you need to go be where you need to be and i think that's where my players are at they're they're where they're loved they're where they feel the most comfort and um you know, with that being said, they, they haven't had a big major need for me. And the reason why really is the UAA has done such a phenomenal job of being prepared for an event like this academically, nutritionally, um, you know, medically, we've got a great team in place and, and, you know, Scott and, and Chip and Linda and Jamie McCleskey and, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on Jeff Gillen from, uh, from the Hawkins, they've done a great job of being able to have steps um, in place for our athletes. You've heard a lot about the NCAA and the focus they've put on trying to make sure that there are, you know, mental health experts available for the athletes. And I think schools have followed suit with that. Um, I think people hear that and they think, oh, well, you know, what's the big deal? So what if they can't go out there and play their sport? There's bigger problems to deal with. But I'm curious if you can sort of shed some light on why that is so challenging. I mean, you you understand the mind of an athlete very well, why is this so difficult for them and how how do they overcome those challenges? Well, when you when you typically go on a field and you win and you typically go on a field and you lose, you almost feel like you're in control of those, um, you know, those those moments, those those opportunities, you know, and I feel like everybody is is completely 100 percent you know, out of control. You know, we're not in control of this, um, not only the virus, but the timeline that it's going to take. You know, necessary for us to be able to, um, you know, recover as a, you know, not only the softball community as a campus, as a community here in Gainesville, but as a country. So I think that people are just, you know, they're, they're not in control of our own destiny here and, and weren't in control of our own destiny. And so with that being said, 
you know, it, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically. I think the NCAA is right on the money and, you know, in the past few years, the really the, the extra lengths they've gone to with the mental health. And, and I've seen that as a head coach, the amount of pressure that um, the athletes put on themselves, the amount of pressure that the, the families put on the athletes, the amount of pressure that um, their coaches put on uh, the athletes and the amount of pressure that society puts on athletes, um, the ability for somebody to be able to reach out to you through social media and impact you positively or negatively um, has taken a toll probably on not just college athlete, athletics, but also on professional athletics. So I think that there are people that have a, a high need for, um, you know, for a mental health professional just to help them you know, strategize, you know, the, the way to stay positive in a situation like this or in a situation on the field where they fail. What have you found that, that your athletes are, are doing if they can't go to the cages, they can't be at the facility, they maybe don't even have access to a field? How are, how are they staying in shape and, and doing what they need to do to, to, to be sharp? I will tell you this, Adam, right now. Um, again, people are probably going to change their perspective on me. I don't care about softball right now. Um, and I haven't asked any of our athletes what they're doing, um, in the cages, playing catch, running, conditioning, lifting, um, our strength and conditioning coordinator, um, put out a, a body weight exercise activity. So somebody could do it in their house. Somebody could do it in their garage. Somebody could do it in their backyard, wherever they feel the safest. Um, and so we put that out in play for them to obviously changing times comes changing workouts and, and activities. And so we've done that for them. But to be honest with you, and like I said, things are going to change here. Probably in next week, we're going to we're going to check. Uh, next week, we're doing a, you know, we're going to we're going to check in with every one of our athletes. We're going to um, we're going to have everybody. We're going to do you know kind of a Zoom type of a, a little meeting where we all get together so everybody can see each other's faces, say hello, check in, mm-hmm. and then that's when we're going to really start to talk about you know futuristic stuff and you know what are you going to do. Um, do you want to continue to do it? I mean, if the NCAA allows you this, this, or this, what do you want? So I think business will start to pick up a little bit for me personally, probably next week, just because I wanted to get them safe. I wanted to get them where they needed to go. I wanted them to be where they wanted to be. And now that the university has obviously gone to online classes, now that the school is going to, you know, has, has shut down pretty much for the most part, you know, now we're going to, um, you know, lean upon them to, to really kind of, communicate back all right here let's let, let's game plan this and let's game plan that and, and maybe we're going to change positions with a couple or maybe we're not uh, maybe a couple of them need to get um you know a little bit stronger need to get a little bit this so we're going to start to game plan i guess the future steps but right now i'll be 100 percent honest um i have not asked any of our athletes about softball i don't i don't i just personally don't think that it's right for me to to really squeeze them when something's been taken away from them like this and um, just give them a little bit of time to cope. Hmm. You know, when there's an unprecedented event, sometimes there are unprecedented conversations that follow. And I think chief among those is the discussion with the NCAA about should an extra year of eligibility be extended to athletes who are impacted by this. I think most people expect that will happen with spring sports, yours included. Um, I'm curious, how do you feel about that personally? And then the second part of it is logistically, how does that even work? Because you obviously already have a, a freshman class signed, ready to come in. Um, what challenges does that create if that is the, the route that the NCAA takes? Well, I mean, you, you've, you've asked about 40 questions in one right there. <laughs> is my, 
as I'm listening to your your questions, my brain's just firing left after right. You know, so I think at the end of the day, as a you know, well, how about this? So I'm dealing with this same question, answer, response as a father. You know, I have a, a sophomore um, at Santa Fe Community College pitcher, and um, you know, he's going through the same exact waiting game as everybody else in regards to will he have another year of eligibility now to go you know wherever he wants to go and do whatever he wants to do. And so as a father, I just sit here and go, okay, well, you know, at the end of the day, he went out and competed and did, you know, X amount of games or whatever it was. And, you know, the season was cut short and, you know, his season, his sophomore season was cut short. So from, as a father perspective, I sit here and go, man, it'd be really nice for him to get three full more years. And then as, as a, as somebody who's a little bit different than that, I'd I'd say, you know, if, if he only has two more years, he only has two more years. It was an opportunity here that something happened that was completely out of our control and um, I, I honestly can say whatever the NCAA decides is the best for everybody across the board, then it, then it is what it is. As a human being, I go, man, it would be really nice for you know, every single one of them to um, get another year back and you know, have another opportunity to compete for a championship. Um, as the head coach at the University of Florida, the, the, the list goes on and on and on and on of all the complications that adding a year could really do to the financial scheme of things in college athletics, mm-hmm. you know, can, can everybody afford it? Does, I mean, cause really what, what's going to happen now, instead of, instead of one entity being the bad guy and saying, Hey, this is a, you know, a, a catastrophic event. And so everybody's moving on to the next year, but now you're going to put, probably put Tim Walton and, and, and many other coaches in a position where they're going to have to be a bad guy and tell somebody, somebody, whether it be a freshman, whether it be a senior, whether it be a sophomore, a junior, a redshirt junior, a redshirt sophomore, a redshirt for whatever the numbers are. Hey, you know, I, I know next year is supposed to be your year to play, but, you know, uh, Kendall Lindemann's back next year. And, you know, she's going <laughs> to probably bat one, two, three, four in the middle of our lineup. And, you know, so remember that opportunity we talked about four years ago? Well, it's changed, you know, so. You know, I don't. People aren't going to want to hear that, but I think at the end of the day, that's what you're going to find. You're going to see probably potentially, you're going to see a lot more kids probably not come back that you thought would just because they're ready to move on with life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of the seniors would probably say, "Hey, I'm ready to move." And then um, I think ultimately you'd see probably transfers being at a, at a higher rate because now they're going to be taking another year taken away from them, not because they're going to be taken away from them, but because you know there's going to be more players at more institutions, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I don't want to even say interesting. It's not even a good word. It's going to be a very, very, very tough decision um, for a lot of people to be put in. Um, But, but again, like I said, I'm 100% supportive of the athletic directors, the presidents and the NCAA, whatever they decide is the best for college athletics. I'm all in. I understand how difficult this is emotionally for everybody. And I know how difficult this is from a lot of different perspectives uh, the other way as well. You know, as history looks back on this, there's going to be all sorts of weird asterisks. And I don't know that anyone would have expected the final athletic event of this season for the entire you know, Florida program was your win over FSU. Does this team, in, in the short time that they had to play, th- does this team have a legacy in your mind? When you look back on 2020, is there is there just a hole there? Did this team do something that you think is particularly special that isn't as obvious as the wins and losses in you know a seven week season? Well, I think I'll flip the um, 
I'll flip it around and say this. All the questions, how are you going to replace Amanda Lorenz? How are you going to replace Kelly Barnhill? I think the the answer that to those questions were, you know, with our pitching staff. Natalie Lugo stepped up and, and she's pitcher of the week, her last week of her, obviously her junior year of this season. Natalie Lugo, you know, uh, Katie Chronister, uh, Riley Trilicek, Elizabeth Hightower, Danny Farley, they all contributed to, you know, a team that won 23 games in a short period of time. Um, and then you look at the bats and Hannah Adams and Sharla Eccles and Kendall Lindemann, um, you know, and you, you go through there and, and then the two freshmen are Bailey Goddard and Julia Cottrell. And um, we were able to piece some things together in and out of Jordan Matthews, Jordan Roberts, Jamie Hoover, um, you know, Jade Carraway, Cheyenne Lindsay off to a great start. And then Sophia Reynoso. So when you talk about legacies and you talk about this team, I think that we put a really tough schedule and we went out and, and competed in that tough schedule. We were in every single ball game, every single one with the exception of Michigan, where we just had a terrible, terrible game and a terrible first day, uh, first inning. But I think ultimately this team, the legacy of this team was, is that, you know, number one, Hey, don't read your headline clippings of what you're supposed to be because everybody said, well, they're, you know, they're this, they're that. And we went out and played a tough schedule. We went out and competed the tough schedule. And I think for that, you know, I'm, I was super proud of how this team competed. I was super proud of how this team um, took care of each other. I was super proud of how they gelled together, worked together. Um, but again, it's the one key component this team had that, that every other team we've had here shares is work ethic and desire to win. They just have that and they showed that and they continued to display that. And so really proud of the way this team, I, I wish we could have kept on going just to see, but you know, opening weekend in SEC play with a sweep and um, beating Florida State for the last game of the season. Uh, the season wasn't uh, finished, but I think that the accomplishments of this team did a really nice job and you know, really proud of this team. Most coaches, I think, fall into this category, but you are a hyper-competitive person, and that's why February through May gives you a chance to get out there almost every day and have wins and then maybe some losses as well that help that help fuel you. What are you doing during this time to stay engaged, to feed that competitive spirit? Uh, and, and how are you staying entertained with your family as well? <laughs> oh, gosh, it's uh, the family part's been great. I mean, we've been we've my wife and I have a, an ongoing um, sequence series. We play every night. Wow. So OK, good. Sequ- we'll, I, I like we'll sequence. We're playing sequence, and last night my son, my youngest son Palmer, said, uh, "Hey, who's winning the series?" Um, and you know, my wife said, "I think we're tied right now." And um, I think she's up on us. On uh, she's got one game ahead of me. I think. <laughs> as a, but um, so we're we're the family component of it's been pretty nice. You know, my both kids are still doing online classes and you know college classes. Um, my youngest is, is had an extended spring break, so I think he starts back potentially with some online stuff next Monday. Um, that's why I said things will kind of change a little bit for us. We're going to have some, some weekly meetings with our team and staff starting next Monday. Um, but for me, from a competitive staff, I, I really do have to have it. Each day has to be accomplishment. I'm a checklist person. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we're, we're living out at the, at the lake. And so there's things out here to do pulling weeds. Um, the other day I spent five hours, I spent two hours on the on, upstairs on the roof of was blowing off the leaves and <laughs> cleaning out the gutters and just doing things that I've never had a chance to do. And, um, you know, we're sitting out here and looking out over Lake Santa Fe, but more, more importantly, um, I just got a checkoff list in my brain of all the things that I need to do personally, 
And in the back of my mind, it's like, all right, here's scheduling, here's budget, here's travel, here's the 2021 season. There's so many other things that are out there. And so I am super, super, super competitive. And um, I, I put out a social media little statement that, you know, at this point in time, you've got to figure out how to unplug the competitiveness and figure out a way to you know, try to help people and, and, and help your family first. Mm. Well, Coach, really great insight on this. I know it's difficult for everybody, but thank you so much for for sharing your side of it, and we hope that you and your family stay very well, very safe. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Go Gators. While softball had likely yet to fully form an identity given how early they were in their season, the new reality hit extremely hard for a team like gymnastics. Jenny Rowland's squad had just completed its first ever undefeated season in the SEC and had bona fide national title dreams. That those won't be realized is one of the many disappointments to come from this dark time in our history. And we began our chat with Jenny by learning how she guided her team through the drastically changing circumstances just before senior night. I try my best to be very transparent with the team. At that time, while I was out of town, it was a group message to the team, letting them know that we were more than likely going to compete on Friday, but it was only going to be family members. So they needed to get all their family members on their pass list. And by Thursday training time, which started at uh, 1230, is when I communicated with the team and I had just found out probably 30 minutes before that there was not going to be a a championship meet. So we actually sat down, uh, talked about it before we even started practice. And something we talk a lot about is controlling our controllables and uh, being present in the moment, but really being able to have a neutral attitude doesn't have to be super positive. You don't have to love the news, mm-hmm. uh, but really not to dwell on the negative and try to find something that we can get and benefit from this news. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about it as a team and basically came to the conclusion, all right, we're still training, but our next competition is going to be NCAA regionals versus SEC championships. So that's all right. Let's go. You know, let's let's try to do what we can in the gym to get better every day. Uh, but we were going to try to keep our normal training schedule. So on our SEC competition day, you know, that Saturday, what was meant to be that Saturday, we were going to have an in-house, you know, just practice competition, go through and and try to keep training as normal as possible. Now, that was uh, right before practice started on Thursday around 1230. And by 4.30, at the very end of practice, I was in the lobby uh, speaking with Mary for a a brief moment and the team was out in the gym stretching and we got the news that the rest of NCAA uh, championships event canceled. Mm -hmm. And I knew the team, they weren't looking at social media or anything at that time because we were in the middle of practice. However, I felt that it was important that we talked about that before they went home and found out. So... All right, here we go again. Um, right. That was definitely the hardest because my head was spinning. I was trying to comprehend everything and understand what was going on. And it, it was hard for me to do it. And quite honestly, 
didn't feel like I did a great job. So I, how am I supposed to relay that information to my team? Mm -hmm. Took a quick minute to compose myself and figure out what the next step will be and went out there and really just had a conversation and it didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, it was, it went as well as I expected, which I I really didn't expect any other way. And I wouldn't say it didn't go well, but uh, it was, it was really hard news to swallow and something that of course, not only our team, and every team across the NC, you know, across the United States and sure. NCAA has been training for. And that's what that's what we do. That's what we were preparing for. So really, at the end of practice, I had to get up on my toes and, and think quick, but really tried to make the most of the moment and expressed, you know, this team came out to do, you know, one main thing this year. And it's to get through a season and have no regrets. And to do everything in, in our powers to be able to look back and say, hey, I did everything I could and I could be really happy with myself and proud of this team. And everybody agreed that, yes, no regrets. And really, you know, took a moment to honor our seniors who would not get another opportunity to compete with for themselves, for their team and for Gator Nation. Really, that's crazy enough how practice ended. Hmm. We had a few other discussions, but basically we came to the conclusion, all right, let's come together tomorrow, normal practice time, 1230. Uh, let's regroup uh, and get together and uh, see, you know, see how we can wrap this up. Well, everybody, everybody left, went to the locker room, got treatment, everything. And I was just sitting in my office still just at a loss for words, loss for thoughts. And finally, I, I just felt like we needed to wrap wrap up the season somehow, some way, especially for the seniors. Mm-hmm. And had an idea, hey, let's do let's do a little inner squad because all the family members were either arriving, had already arrived, or still planned on, you know, getting on a flight Friday morning to come to the meet because right. everybody had purchased tickets. It was senior night. So I was in I was in my office and thought of that, went over to the seniors because everybody was still hanging around the gym. And I approached them and asked them, hey, what do you think? What do you think if we did an inner squad tomorrow so everybody could have one last competition competing for each other and really enjoying what you do and, and making the most of of this last day together? And seniors didn't hesitate. They said, we're, we're in, we're all in, we'll let the team know. And I think uh, what has made this team really successful this year is not just the seniors, but everybody together really taking ownership of themselves and of this team collectively. And really, this team's the one that drove and steered this boat uh, throughout season. And um, I told them, I said, this is this is your ship. You know, the, the coaches are on board. You all do what you want to do, and we're here to support you. So uh, just let me know what you'd like to do. Well, the team definitely agreed. Let's, let's do a, an inner squad. And um, let's, let's have one more, one more moment with our, with our seniors and uh, do what we love doing. In turn, I suggested we push back our start time a little bit to four o'clock. 
Normally, practice would have started at 12, but I knew that there were some parents that would fly in that morning. So I thought, all right, if we did it at four, that should give, you know, enough time for the parents to come in because competition originally would have started around seven. And most of the parents were all already in by, you know, around the noon, one o'clock time. Mm. So we decided, all right, four o'clock start time. Let's do it. Uh, Got with the managers, got with the coaches. Brought all of our apparel. We were going to dress up and, and meet attire. Uh, managers got long sleeve Leos. They got ribbons. They got the socks. They got marching. <laughs> they 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 laid out the whole shebang just like just like a normal meet, and really just wanted to, you know, provide that uh, opportunity to this team to compete one more time together. That that was the intent. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> fast forward Friday morning. Um, we had an all staff, uh, head coaches meeting with administration, uh, notifying us that, um, all facilities were going to be closed at 5 PM mm. that day. So there, there goes my plan Z, right? <laughs> Not ABCD, but plan <laughs> Z and another strike, another blow. Okay. How now, how do I go to this team? Who's so passionate about each other, who, wants it so badly to make the most of one last day and let these seniors go out on top just a little bit. Um, so that that didn't happen as planned. Had to, unfortunately, in a group message, just so not everybody would come two hours early to get treatments, to, you know, get ready, to do all that stuff, uh, notifying them that uh, plans have changed again that we will still be meeting at four o'clock, but um, meet attire was not going to be necessary. It was going to merely be a team meeting. Mm. Um, So we had all the athletes there, all the managers there. Every single parent was there, I think minus one or two. And I had to do my best or felt like I had to do my best to make the most of, of a situation that was not in our control. So we had um, a nice little team meeting, a nice chat, um, talking about how nobody had any answers at that point, how amazing this team was, the transformation from last season, and how they carried that throughout this entire year and used it to benefit them, used it as a positive, which I truly, to this day, still believe that we would not be where we were today if that didn't happen to this team last year. Mm-hmm. They really took it and owned it and made the most of of that situation. Um, and we did a, the best that we could and did a little mm-hmm. ceremony for our seniors. We read their... Uh, bios that were going to be read on senior night. And we had their plaques ready. We had flowers ready. Again, just tried to make the most of a situation and uh, ended up uh, by honoring our seniors that evening. You know, looking at kind of the big picture, and you talked about it, this team being in a lot of ways forged due to what happened last year and the adversity in NCAAs, which was really the driving force for this year to get back to that level and get there above and beyond. 
to be where you were, an undefeated SEC regular season, which you'd never done before, considered a favorite to win the national championship with Oklahoma. How do you square the incomplete nature of this journey with all that this team accomplished on the way to getting there? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> really, this this team last year was really good, but they weren't great. And the staff knew that this team could be great, but I don't feel that the team believed that themselves. And that's something that we collectively as a group, not just staff, but as individuals, as every member of this team worked really hard on on that piece of the puzzle. And this team, they got it. They understood it. They they believed it, they wanted it, and they were on a mission, and they they weren't going to let go of that. And to get to from point A to point B, where we finished up, it was a lot harder to swallow than last year. Hmm. Knowing and believing that this team was talking the talk, they were walking the walk, they were doing everything for themselves, but yet they were doing everything for each team member. They were getting better and they were growing and they were pouring their hearts out to each other. And to, to finish on that note was at that time was just very heartbreaking for me to see them in that moment. Yet understanding the virus around the world is it's the, the magnitude it's it's reached mm -hmm. or it was reaching. We just we didn't understand it at the time. And I felt like I was in my little bubble and doing what I did. And it took a little bit to process. And it, I don't know to this day if everybody completely understands yet with everything that's going around us and changing, you know, as we see to date, it just becomes a lot more of a reality and know that it was for the greater good of others. One of the things that's been talked about a lot, I think, in the last few days, especially, is the efforts that schools are taking to make sure their athletes are staying engaged and also that they're that they're emotionally that they're doing well. And I know it probably it sounds probably trivial to people who aren't in this world and live this every day. But these athletes are so finely tuned to do what they do and have those goals to shoot for. What kind of support have you been able to provide to your athletes when they haven't been able to do what they do? They haven't been able to be in the gym. And I imagine most of them don't have equipment in their apartments and houses. So especially for them, they can't just go outside and do beam work, right? So what's, what's the challenge been like for you and your staff, even remotely, to make sure that, that your athletes are getting what they need mentally and emotionally? Well, I think first and, and foremost, um, that um, emotional security uh, with family is uh, most important. And our Gator family is here, but uh, their personal families as well. Um, it really, up until yesterday, I have had athletes on campus still trying to figure out, do I go home? Do I not go home? So I think really this last week has just been the families, the parents, the athletes trying to figure out, okay, what's best for my daughter? Does she need to, should she stay on campus? Should she come home? That communication, I've had a lot of communication 
with each individual parent, with each individual athlete, you know, figuring out what their needs are um, and their their comfort level is. So just I would I would say within the last week, um, most of my athletes have just now gone home to be with their families throughout this uh, challenging time and um, trying to figure out what their new normal is going to look look like. Because at first, the new normal was everybody was just going to stay on campus, stay, you know, with their friends, stay close together. And I think quickly figured out that maybe that was not the best case scenario. So um, I have had most of my athletes go home and figure out what a new normal at home looks like. Uh, Several of these athletes, you know, haven't been home for a year or two, you know, for any length of time, let's Mm -hmm. put it that way. Um, So reconnecting with their families to me is uh, first and foremost, um, just making sure everybody's in a place where they feel safe, where they feel comfortable and um, getting everybody where they need to go and then convening back as a team uh, here in the near future, uh, collectively, hopefully by different types of uh, social media or through uh, Zoom or, mm. or anything like that. So really, my focus is making sure my athletes are in a good situation where, you know, they're either with family or they're still here on campus. They're well taken care of. They feel comfortable and um, know that they'll be able to, to weather the storm. I'm really curious, physically, what are they doing? Are they doing, a, you know, in-home yoga classes on YouTube? How are, <laughs> how are they staying active? Because I know that's very challenging right now. It is very challenging, and um, they do like to stay active. Um, I, I would say most of them, they run. Uh, a lot of them loved to do uh, Gator Mountains if they were still here in uh, in town. But um, running, being active, you know, doing what they can. Uh, there has been we we've had a lot of uh, people chime in and you know let us know that they're doing uh, uh, online apps and making suggestions here and suggestions there. So uh, every, the, the team I know is still, you know, trying to do what they can to stay active. It's uh, very difficult for all these young women to go from, you know, 100 miles an hour to zero. Sure. So um, individually, collectively, you know, I, I've seen a lot of family uh, group activities as well, which is great to see. That's something that I've really tried to latch on with my two daughters specifically, you know, uh, everybody gets to pick a workout for the day Hmm. and uh, one may be a leg workout, one may be yoga, something, something that we can do together. So it's just something that um, I know all all of my athletes are um, trying to do the same. I feel like every one of these conversations I have has to be timestamped because things change rapidly. But we're talking uh, just a few hours after they officially announced that the Olympics are going to be delayed probably a year into next summer. And obviously, Summer Olympics gymnastics is a huge part of that. So I'm curious for, for your perspective on that. What impact does this huge shift in the calendar have on really on the, the sport in general and then on some of your athletes that are affiliated with the, the senior national team? You're asking great questions that I don't know answers for. (laughs) That's okay. However, don't you think they haven't crossed my mind? (laughs) Um, But in all reality, um, I think there's still a great unknown, starting with our uh, U.S. Association, our USA Gymnastics uh, Association, 
what does, do we have a summer plan still in place um, for competition? Uh, for example, Trinity was training this Olympic uh, route, but um, what what's the summer look like now? We don't know. Um, I know, like you said, things are rapidly changing. We will know a little bit more in the next couple of days, especially starting here on a, a national level in the United States. I couldn't imagine an answer for the Olympics happening before mid-April. I feel like that was kind of their their deadline to figure out when they were going to decide on that. But that could definitely change the landscape. Um, you know, we, we have two for sure that um, it's already changed their landscape as far as NCAA is concerned, you know, mm-hmm. as far as their deferral. Really giving them a little space right now, seeing that this news just came out today. I think it's important for them to, you know, gather their thoughts, work with their coaches, work with their parents, see what's best for them, and then you know, maybe reach out here in the near future. But I, I feel like it's a, it's a decision that, you know, ne- needs to be made with their family first. And I, I don't feel comfortable bombarding them with, mm-hmm. you know, such a question. Hey, are you still coming? What what are you thinking? This or that. Right. Um, I know in due time when they're ready, they will reach out. Um, and in due time, if we need an answer, you know, sooner than later, you know, we can reach out. But um, these athletes and coaches have been pouring their hearts out for so many years, getting these athletes ready for this one specific moment. And that's just something that I don't dare take away from from them, from any dreams and, and goals that they've always wanted to accomplish. Mm hmm. Well, I know this sort of ties into what you were talking about, too, in terms of decisions that, that you can't necessarily make but are, are very impactful to you. Uh, all the conversations around eligibility, specifically with spring sports, the NCAA saying that they're essentially going to try to make sure everyone in the spring sport can get an extra year if they want it. You do not fall into that category, but as we've discussed... Um, you know, your athletes were, were robbed of an incredible opportunity to, to win championships. So with that being said, do you think personally that an extra year of eligibility should be offered to gymnasts? And, you know, and what might that look like if that does take shape? I, I am the type of coach who always tries to give the benefit of the doubt to the athlete first. Mm-hmm. So my natural self would say I would love to give them another opportunity to compete for another year. That might not be my so logical side, (laughs) the the logical side of me, you know, that comes from my heart, that comes from my gut and what I would love and, you know, believe could be a a great solution. But logically, um, I just don't know if that is realistic. Um, in, in gymnastics, especially, uh, you don't see many athletes redshirt. You don't see many athletes going a fifth year. Uh, this sport is quite difficult on these young women's bodies mm-hmm. and four years of college, uh, typically, I'm, I'm not saying for everybody, but typically is all they've got left in their tank. Um, yet I, I feel that it could, and, you know, it could very well be a case by case situation though. And, um, personally, I, I would love to see that happen. 
Well, Jamie, you know this has been a really challenging time for you, your staff, your athletes, but uh, we really thank you for for sharing your stories with us and uh, and wish you the best of luck as you move throughout this uncharted water we have throughout the rest of the spring. Thank you so much. Just wishing everybody a lot of peace and uh, health during this uh, challenging time for sure. And that's going to do it for this week's show. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to Gator Tales in the podcast app of your choice, and please leave a review to help us continue to grow. Next week, we'll begin a special series speaking with past Gator greats about the teams they took to glory, so be sure to keep refreshing your feed every Thursday. Until then, I'm Adam Schick, asking you to please stay distant, safe, and healthy on behalf of the Gators. Gators.